Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. Mikey Ramon joins us next, so stay tuned. It's going to be a great show today. Before our first guest, I wanted to warn everybody that there is some construction going on outside our building, right outside our building. Our soundproofing is blocking most of it, but once in a while, the concrete saws penetrate even our walls and the soundproofing that's on our walls. So if you hear some funny noises out there, that's what's going on. It's uh, Los Angeles making um, making this a better place to live. Uh, and, and the other thing that soundproofs, uh, the soundproofing, for some reason, isn't quite getting all of is the beep, 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 beep when the big construction things move in and out. But um, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. Also, I want to tell everybody, this is for my Los Angeles listeners. This is in, tonight in Los Angeles, two of our past guests and both friends of the show are going to be playing at 333 Live in DTLA, down on Boylston Street in downtown L.A. It's a show by Mitre, who was on last week, and he's going to be joined by Irene Diaz, who, of course, has been on a couple of times, and she's a wonderful torch singer. Mitre combines Mexican uh, music forms and rock and ballads, and he's got a golden voice, and you all heard him last week, so... If you're in uh, L.A. tonight, uh, I would get down to uh, 333 Live on Boylston Street and um, catch the show. It's going to be a great one. Uh, Mitri's the headliner. Irene joins him on a number of songs, and there's going to be a lot of other special guests, too. So that's 333 Live in downtown L.A. And incidentally, I just learned that uh, Irene is going to be opening for Oza Motley on an upcoming tour. (laughs) I love to see that kind of success. Uh, You know, we're here to promote new bands and to talk about some, and of course to talk with some of the classics, but I really love it when uh, new bands or bands that that we've uh, promoted, you know, maybe a year ago when I think we first uh, had Irene on, start getting very successful. So congratulations to Irene and also congratulations to Mitre. That's going to be a great show. 333 Live, of course, is a big, big place. So you're going to uh, have a a great time uh, if you get down there tonight. I would suggest you check online and get some tickets in advance. And, of course, um, you can get both of their – actually, you can only get Irene's music online because I don't think Mitre has released the album yet. When he does, we're going to have him back on the show. But uh, you heard a little little cuts of it uh, recently, and you can you can hear some streaming online. We're going to take a break now, and uh, when we come back, um, Marky Ramon joins us. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to operationhomefront.net. 
We're back. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host here at Music Friday Live, and uh, I want to welcome all of our uh, our radio stations around the country, uh, the stations who are on the Cyber Station USA network, and I want to say a, a special welcome to our um, our friends in Oregon up there. So hi, everybody in Oregon who's listening to us today. I understand there's some new towers there. Also, I want to tell everybody, if you have questions or comments for our guests, you can call us at 347 347- Two one five seventy five eleven. That's three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. Or you can email your questions. You know, if you're sitting there at work and you've got your headphones on, you're not really paying attention to that PowerPoint that's on the screen that your boss thinks you're working on. Email us musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. And if you're listening to us on a podcast, and I know a lot of you will be, you can still email your questions to our guests. We will forward your questions to them, and they can reply directly to you. We'll remove your email address uh, so you don't get on somebody's email list you didn't want to, unless you, you tell us differently. So you've got lots of ways to communicate with our guests. Speaking of our guests, in 1978, a young man by the name of Mark Bell, was asked to take over the drums from Tommy Ramone in the early punk band, The Ramones. Well, the rest is history, as The Ramones became one of the most famous and respected bands in modern time. A new book, Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, My Life as a Ramone, tells that story as it happened through the eyes of the one remaining member of the band, Marky Ramone. And Marky is here with us today on Music Friday Live. Marky, welcome to Music Friday Live. Ah, thank you for having me. Thanks for that introduction. Very nice. Well, Marky, it's it's always great to talk to another radio guy. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Thank you. Forgot about uh, I also that. I also love talking with authors, and you have written a, a really good book. Um, thank you. I've read it twice, and wow. Uh, it, um, well, you know, like people get obsessive about things occasionally, but actually, uh, it not only reads well, but it, it kind of feels well. It feels like it's the truth. So, how did you make sure that you avoided kind of the errors and exaggerations of all the other books that are out there about the Ramones? Well, I was there. I, uh, I observed 15 years uh, being in the group, uh, obviously, the other members, and 1,700 shows. So, yeah, you can't make that stuff up. Uh, what's in the book is definitely for real, including myself, you know, the, the brutal honesty about what I went through. And, you know, uh, you live and learn and observations about yourself. So uh, that's what the book really consists of. It's very comprehensive. And uh, it was time to write it. I wanted, because I read all the other books. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to critique them or whatever, but uh, this this is the real deal. Uh, in those books, no one was really around uh, except for our tour manager. So the other books, I just kind of, sh- you know, just take it like, you know, with a grain of salt. This is the inner circle of being in the Ramones. And, you know, they were my brothers, bandmates, and, you know, obviously business associates. And uh, like families, uh, you uh, get to know each other very well. So that's what that whole thing is about. Well, that's one reason why it's such a good read and why it was definitely worth reading twice. Now, I worked my way through college partly as a collaborator on books for celebrities, um, business and politics. So I understand that what you did is not an easy process. And I know you went through two collaborators before you found uh, Richard Herschlag. So how did you two work together? Well, the first two collaborators didn't get my uh, the, the way I, I talk in the book. Uh, uh, they were they were quite a lot different than what Richard uh, put down on on words to paper. He sound it sounds like me the way he wrote it, and that's important uh, to engage the uh, reader when he's uh, writing a book when he's reading a book. So uh, he definitely nailed it, and the uh, book has 400 pages. And uh, it definitely sounds like me, and I wanted the reader to be to feel like he he was in the inner circle too, or she was in the inner circle. So I I wanted that feeling in the book, you know, from my childhood, 
all the way up to the when I won the Grammys and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and and my time in the New York scene on the punk scene with CBGBs and Maxes, as if the person was with me all along as he's re- reading it. Well, you you achieve that. In fact, that that's one of the outstanding things about this book is the voice in the book. It, it reading it is like talking with you and hearing your thoughts going on at the same time. Now, was it was it hard to open yourself up like that? Well, you know, you got to get the skeletons out of the closet, and uh, I uh, the reason why I was so brutally honest about myself was because I was writing about uh, three other people. And, um, you know, uh, if you're going to write about your, uh, the other people, you got to be really nail. You have to nail it about yourself, too. Because well, uh, I, I really didn't reveal anything different about the other three or four members, but it's more in-depth. Uh, you know, like I said, being in the band 15 years, I had that opportunity so uh especially about when I had my little drinking stint, my periodic drinking problem, and going away for a while and being asked to leave the band, I didn't have to put that in there, but if somebody's reading it and I can help them if they have that kind of a problem, maybe that you know that that's uh something that I achieved in that book, you know well uh, speaking uh, of 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 some of those incidents there there are a ton of memorial memorable lines in the book but there's one that really jumped out at me because i think it seems to jump out at you it's down on page 310 down at the bottom and it's a quote from monty and it's a real simple sentence it says mark we need you what went through your mind when you heard that on the phone well, when I came, when they asked me to join the band the second time after my four years of not being in the group, uh, I was a little reluctant because of the uh, the hassles before in the band that I went through between Johnny and Joey. But then I said, you know, uh, I enjoy and love playing the music, and that's the most important thing. And I didn't want them not to play anymore or take months to find somebody else. They had uh, commitments. So I said to uh, to Joey, I'll meet everyone at a rehearsal studio. So I, the only person that showed up, which was good, was John, because that's all that was necessary. We went over ten songs, and it was like I never left. And I kind of like got them out of a rut, uh, fortunately, because I didn't want to see that happening to them. Well, when you heard Monty use the word need, did, yeah. did that did that kind of strike you in your heart at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the other guy who replaced me for years deserted them out of nowhere. I just walked out without saying a word, which, you know, in, in the military, uh, you can, you're up uh, for a uh, court-martial. <laughs> and uh, Clem Burke from Blondie, uh, who's a great drummer, and, and we're, we're friends, and I love him and Blondie, the way he plays, but he's not a Ramones drummer. He lasted two days. So that's when they needed me, because they knew that I knew the songs as I was able to play it, and they knew that, uh, you know, I got uh, I got sober, so that, uh, that helped. So uh, I kind of said, okay, look, you know, I, I love these guys. They're in a predicament. How would I feel... You know what would I do if I was in a band and I needed a you know the the one of the integral parts of the group to continue? So I understood what was going on and uh, I said yes. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I want to read a, a, another quote, and this is from the chapter uh, "Dog Days." And uh, you wrote, "There were times when music became a job, and there were times when music became a burden." But I understand now, maybe for the first time, that playing was not a job, playing was not a burden, I was born to play. That right. realization came kind of late in your career. Why did it take so long? To in, to make me feel that way? Yeah. Well, you know, in the beginning, uh, in the beginning when you're struggling, uh, like anyone else in, in life, uh that that uh you know playing in different bands and uh, you know having to uh wait around to play and then uh moving the equipment yourself uh 
you know, all the other things uh, that that come with it, uh, just uh, trying to establish yourself as a, as a uh, you know, known musician, that that kind of takes a little time. So I was probably referring to that. But with the Ramones, it was mainly uh, just playing. I, I didn't consider that a job. Uh, the the, uh, the thing that you have to do really is fly. You have to uh, uh, be in a van and tour. You have to do sound checks. You have to play the show. You have to do interviews. But, you know, that that comes with it. And when you get into the business, you have to expect that. But I never felt it was work. When I was out of the band for four years uh, to help my sobriety, I wanted to just do physical things. And that was real work. I, I did construction work. I did dem- demolition work. I uh, put up wrought iron gates in crack houses. So that I did that just to stay in shape because I always wanted to go back to drumming. So, uh, you know, I, I know what it's like to do the, the, the real heavy uh, physical labor. Uh, and then I got back in the band again. So that, that really helped me, uh, meeting different kinds of people, uh, you know, just uh, in life, you know, different businesses out, out of the music business. So, you know, compared to that and then playing, it, it's totally, totally different. Playing is just, you know having a good time and uh, doing what what you always wanted to do and, you know, following your dreams, you know. Well, that sounds like you get to do both. Uh, this um, this book is, is kind of jam-packed. I mean, every very, single page. Very comprehensive. <laughs> very comprehensive. And it's got a lot of uh, funny little stories in it. And one of the funniest, at least to me, was when you were at a Cracker Bell and you had been dared to eat a beetle and decided not to, then you and your band went in the restaurant, had dinner, and then after you left the restaurant, an elderly lady who had been watching you guys inside the restaurant came up to Monty, and she said something to him. Do you remember what she said? Yeah, Monty was a tour manager, and the lady went up to Monty and asked and said to uh, the tour manager, Monty, it's very nice of you taking care of these uh, you know, retarded boys. And I don't know what the uh, the uh, politically correct uh, term is now, you know, but uh, that's what the woman thought, and she was very, uh, uh, you know, uh, surprised or, or grateful to Monty that he was able to take care of us like that, you know. <laughs> well, I, I just had to laugh at that. It, uh, it, it, said so much. Right? I, I, there's so many things in that book to laugh about. <laughs> oh, there really are, too. Well, that, that's a great segue. You know, we, we, we always play a little music on this show, so I, I want to play a little bit of uh, I Want to Be Sedated. Oh, while, while I take a look at all the emails that are Telling the story of the Ramones, you you um, you also give us some great drum lessons. Um, I love the description of the tempo changes in from a dry camel, for instance. You give us a look at what goes on in a drummer's mind, which leads me to ask, because we've just listened to it, how do you describe your drumming style? What is your signature? Well, the dry camel song was from the first band I was in, Dust. Uh, we did two albums, and we were one of the first heavy metal bands in America at the time. But uh, compared to the Ramones, Dust was uh, a very technical band. The Ramones was very straight ahead, eighth notes and quarter notes. My drumming will, is uh, what I can do is adapt to different styles, because when I was growing up and 
in my late teens and early 20s, I listened to a lot of different guys, different genres. I like jazz drummers. I like Dave Beck. I like Miles Davis. Uh, I like their drummers. I like Buddy Rich. I liked uh, Ringo. I liked uh, Keith Moon, John Bonham. Well, you know, all these great drummers, and I just uh, was so influenced by them. I just, uh, it, it all, I absorbed all that, and then uh, I applied it to whatever I was going to confront in the studio. So I guess you could say I'm just adaptable. Okay, I'll, that's a great quote. Uh, we're talking with uh, Marty Ramone about his new book, Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, My Life as a Ramon. And you can talk with them, too. You can call in, 347-215-7511, or you can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And a lot of you have, so let's turn to some of these emails here. This is from Beatrice in Los Angeles, and Beatrice wants to know, do you ever play with your twin brother? Well, we we definitely uh, uh you know, jam when I, when I have the time. Uh, when I go to the studio where he lives, uh, he's a blues enthusiast and a great, great guitar player. And I have done a few tracks with him, but um, you know, he has his own uh, uh, thing going, and I have my thing going. So, you know, when we get together, if there's something that he wants to record, I, I would, you know, definitely help him out. Uh, Mandy in uh, New York City, uh, speaking of Dust, uh, says, Dutch was such a great band. Why did it break up, and can we still get their albums? Why did Dust break up? Because we were still in high school, and my father wanted that diploma on the wall. So uh, I had to rehearse with them, and then I had to go to night school and summer school at the same time. And then uh, we started touring with major bands throughout the United States. And uh, we were still, kind of, you know, 16, 17 years old. So, you know, there were so many responsibilities and obligations to other things because we weren't really grown up yet. So we had to finish high school, and then uh, dust fizzled out. And then the guitar player, Richie Wise, who was going on, I think it was 19 and a half, he was older than we were because he already graduated, and he uh, produced the first two Kiss albums. And then I just started recording with other artists, and so did Kenny Aronson, the bass player. So, uh, you know, that's so you can get the Dust albums on Sony Legacy. We just remastered them. Both CDs are on one CD, and there's this wonderful vinyl. So, yeah, it's there's still, uh, you can get it now because it's kind of reissued. Okay, Mandy, you can go to, uh, to, to Sony and, and get those. Uh, Bilal in in Austin, um, do you have a favorite Ramones song and a favorite Ramones album, and is there a song you don't like? Oh, I love Rockwell High School because it was part of the movie and the soundtrack. My favorite album is Road to Ruin, the first one I was on, and the first Ramones album. Um, What album that I don't like is Subterranean Jungle. I don't like the drum sound and uh there's some good songs on there but i didn't like the way the producer tampered with my sound he made it sound like uh drum machines so uh that definitely wasn't part of what the ramones sounded like so when i heard it i i was disgusted uh ozo in san francisco wants to know is your drumming different today than it was when you were first in the ramones no, I, I continue to play the world with uh, my group, and we do 36 classic Ramones songs. Uh, I have Andrew W.K. as my vocalist, but I play the same way I did when I joined the Ramones, and that's you know that's that's the way you have to do it because that's what the songs call for. And uh, there's a whole new generation out there that didn't see the Ramones, and it's funny. I went to China, Russia. Dubai and Vietnam, places the Ramones would have never have dreamt of going to, and I, I see it everywhere. It's amazing that, that there's this whole new onslaught of uh, young people who love this band, and that's why it's such a joy to continue playing, you know, these songs. So yeah, my drumming is still the same. Okay, uh, one of the uh, iconic uh, songs uh, of the Ramones is uh, is about a woman. 
So I, I want to play a, a, a little bit of um, Sheena and then Great talk song. about uh, women in punk. This is uh, Sheena's a punk rocker. <laughs> Now, in the book, you you honor a number of of women, Joan Jett and Debbie Harry and others. How would you describe the impact of women artists have had on punk? Well, uh, it's great to see uh, uh, women liking the genre music. Uh, Debbie Harry, I mean, uh, she's great. Uh, I had, uh, you know, the chance to observe the band many times in CBGB's since we all knew each other. So, uh, you know, I mean, we all have angst. We all uh, deal with uh, life uh, on life's terms. Nothing really ever changes. Uh, You know, we still have poverty. uh, There's still wars. There's still uh, uh, unemployment. There's still uh, political problems. And, you know, it's been going on uh, since punk started and even before that. So it's really cool to see women singing about what what they feel, and you can do that in a punk song because they're two minutes long. Uh, you can you can definitely uh, reveal your feelings in two minutes, and then uh, just um, record it, and hopefully everyone can hear and relate to what you're singing about. And Debbie Harry does a really did a really great job doing that. And so did Brody of the Distillers, who I really like, and uh, Joni. She uh, she does uh, very well too. And uh, we did a song together called "Don't Blame Me" on one of my albums. So it was a joy to have a, a woman singing along with uh, my uh, male lead singer. Well, actually, you um, you have a, a, a definition in of punk in in the book. Um, you call it uh, bold, unpolished beauty. Two minutes to convey your message of love, hate, anger, joy, frustration, fun, sarcasm, war, or sometimes just an inside joke among friends. And I think that that sums it up pretty well. Um, I have a a request from my drum instructor. I'm taking drum lessons, too. um, He wants to know, what current punk band do you think is the best musically? The best current punk band that's the best musically. Uh, well, there's a band out of London that's really good. They're called the Gallows. That uh, they do some pretty interesting things. Um, uh, uh, the Riverboat Gamblers drum is good. I like him, and I and uh, I like the way Trey Cool from Green Day kind of you know goes along with what I, what I what I play. You know, so you know uh, there's a lot of good drummers out there. Well, you, um, you're continually bridging a generation gap yourself. Uh, your music, your radio show, your tours, and there were 10-year-olds, oh, yeah. 12-year-olds listening to you last night at the, the book reading. Uh, why do you think you're able to make that connection across generations when so many other bands just sort of come and go? Well, I think it's the lyrical content. I think it's the energy that the youth sees what we did and what I continue to do today. And they want to be part of it, you know. A lot of a lot of the youth now they're they're fed up with the uh, the samples and the tapes and you know uh, uh, getting ripped off at concerts where the bands or individual are just singing along the tapes. They they know that they see that, you know. They they know when a when a performer has to rely on that. Now they're going back to the organic bands, you know. Uh, where uh, you know they know that the bands are from the street, meaning that we were real, we weren't fabricated, and we didn't have to rely on on uh, all these uh, crutches. You know, there's a band here in um, Los Angeles, um, Alex Nestor, whose logo is no auto tunes. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, Plus, I mean, you know, it, it, it's just fooling the people and. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't think that's fair. 
I don't think so either. And I and I that's, that's one why. reason why I've been following your music since uh, you started playing it. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, you. since you're a radio guy, you know that the clock and the producer is telling me we have to wrap it up. So I'm going to wrap it up by reading the final paragraph in the book because it's so poignant and so hopeful. You write that John, Dee Dee, Joey, and all the wonderful people we worked with in the Ramones as well as our friends and other bands were blessed and cursed by the same thing. They were way ahead of their time. The time they were looking forward to is now. Well, Marty, exactly. I think you are exactly right, and I'm glad that you're out there making music, and I want to thank you for joining us today and giving us this wonderful look into your soul and into the soul of punk. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. The book is Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, My Life as a Ramon. It's published by Touchstone Books. It's available in bookstores and online at Amazon.com, SimonSchuster.com, and, of course, at MarkyRamon.com. And, by the way, while you're on Marky's site, order some of his great pasta sauce and get yourself a Marky Ramon apron to wear while you cook with it. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> uh, Thank you. my Northern California listeners, uh, particularly uh, with Ozo, who, who emailed in, you can see Marky in person tomorrow night at the Jewish Community Theater in San Francisco on California Street. Thanks again, Marky. This has been fun. Oh, anytime. Have a good day. You too. We have to take a break now, and when we return, Lee Presson, founder of the one and only Lee Presson and the Nails. Don't go away. You are not going to want to miss this. This is going to be so much fun. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. We're back at Music Friday. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and we would like to hear from you. So don't forget, you can call in, 347-215-7511. You can email us. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. I want to apologize to all of the people whose emails we didn't get to. We will forward them on to uh, Marky, and hopefully he'll be able to answer your questions. I'm sorry, we just ran out of time. Okay, all right. Uh, we have to have a quick word from our wonderful sponsor, Solar City. Now, solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar, you know, because of the upfront cost. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero, that's zero, upfront cost on approved credit. Solar City will come out and install a solar system in your home for free, and you only pay for the power you use, you know, just like you do from the utility company, but you pay a lot less because the Sun is making a lot of the power. Solar City pays for the system, it insures the system, it maintains the system, and all you have to do is sit back and enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. How do you find out? Well, I got a number for you, a telephone number. You knew I was going to do that. So you're all ready. That number is 909 618 6937 909 and when somebody answers, you're probably going to talk to Tina. She's my representative there, but whoever you talk to, tell them I sent you, and you will get a discount on your bill. That's 909-618-6937. Well, Lee Presson and the Nails are an award-winning nine-piece swing band from San Francisco that has been delivering their peculiar brand of swing since 1994. Actually, peculiar is not quite the right term for what they do on stage. Better description might be cartoon swing, sledgehammer swing, sinister swing. This is all in your face, all stops out, fire-breathing and nitro-burning, really, really funny swing, led by a cool cat who's like Betty Boop's worst nightmare, but when the horns howl and the drums beat and the cymbals clash and the dancing starts, it's your entertainment dream come true. Our entertainment dream is coming true right now because Lee Presson is here with us. Lee, thank you for joining us. Holy smokes, that's a mountain of adjectives you poured out in front of me. Thank you very much. 
Well, you know, I'm actually overeducated, so I, I have to do something with all those edges. Otherwise, I just lay around the studio. <laughs> well, golly, I don't, I don't think there's anything left after all that. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. And holy smokes, I'm following a Ramon. That, that is an honor, by the way. I must say. Well, uh, you can actually see him tomorrow night if you want to go into, uh, you're, you're in the, the Bay Area. You can see him tomorrow night at the Jewish Community Center in San Francisco and tell him that you followed him. That so, is that is right here in town. I may have to check that out. That's right. Well, first of all, uh, how was LPN, as you are often known, um, born or hatched or constructed in a secret basement laboratory or, or wherever it came from? How did the band get put together? I've I've always, well... First things first, I've always loved this type of music ever since I was six years old, and I found a Billy May record in my mom's record collection. And so I've I've always wanted to learn, I've always wanted to one day have a band that could do that. And when I finally got to the, uh, when I finally got to the point in my musical education where I figured I could tackle something like that, I just uh, I pulled together some friends of mine that I knew, and we just sort of built it slowly over the course of 20 years until here we are now. <laughs> and uh, what was your musical education? Did, did you actually go to formal music school? I did not. No, I had a theater background. My father was a, uh, a college professor at the College of Marin. He taught theater arts and appreciation of film. So my, my backgrounds were theater and film. Music was incidental but uh, it it just grabbed more of my psyche as as I grew older, and I I wanted to learn more about it. I've never had any formal training. This is all research. Well, well, that explains a lot <laughs> because <laughs> you, you are you are far more than a band leader. I mean, you're a musician, you're a band leader, you're a performance artist, you're a satirist, you're a ringmaster. Uh, how, how did you learn to do all the things you, you do on stage? I'm I'm also a freelance mortician and a part-time bubble pack tester. Oh, those were nouns uh, I didn't happen to have in the studio. Okay. What well, was <laughs> the question again? <laughs> how did you How did you learn to do all the things that you actually do on stage? Oh, that yeah, it's just that's just growing up on the stage, doing theater, uh, learning uh, learning from the greats, learning from the great clowns of of film, uh, Keaton, Chaplin. And then, of course, the great dancers of the MGM musicals, uh, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire. Then you move into the great uh, early film comedies of the Marx Brothers, and, and that's it just all sort of glommed together, much like your opening introduction into a wheelbarrow full of adjectives that describes <laughs> best what I do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well... Uh... Uh, I'm going to, uh, I want to give our our audience a, a sample of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to yes, play uh, a song from uh, your new album, Balls Your Face, and this is called The Little German Band. Yes. money when they play, I give them more to go away. They don't play something new, they blow until they're blue. And when you think they're through, they sing a line or two. You know, you, you don't hear polka music uh, a lot outside of German clubs, but, but you not only give us a great polka, but you make it funny. Uh, I'll bet that's a real well, audience pleaser. That's the only way to keep them listening. I mean, we're going to say, we're going we're gonna to put out a ballroom album. You know, you don't really get a lot of, uh, the young people aren't really much into ballroom, although some of them are, and we're very happy yeah. about that. That's, but yeah. That was the impetus for this project. But I'm uh, getting ahead of myself. Well, no, that no, that that that's quite all right, and and actually, you're right. There are a lot of young people in the ballroom. We've we've got a a, a close friend who competes in state championships in ballroom dancing, so I know that they're out there now. W w but you just mentioned young people. Who is your audience? Because when I look at your ah. your videos, there are a lot of young people in your audiences. Yeah, well, in the they when they were young, let's say. In the mid-90s, when the swing revival was happening, they were young then. They're not so young now, but they have kids now, 
and they're saying, what did you listen to when you were a kid? Well, we listened to Leap Press on the Nails. <laughs> Hi, kids. <laughs> we used to play for your folks. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly but what, that's, what uh, I, Marky Ramon just said. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, I, and I, love, I love the younger the audience, the more I love it. I love seeing somebody who's under 10 looking at what I'm doing and smiling because it's underneath everything of all the underneath all the jokes and everything it's still it's jazz and my 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 job is to expose as many people to this fabulous american musical art form as possible well you 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 do expose a lot so uh, let's listen to <laughs> this is lydia the tattooed lady all right Lydia, oh Lydia, say, have you met Lydia? Lydia, the tattooed lady. She has eyes that men adore so, and a torso even more so. Lydia, oh Lydia, that encyclopedia. Yes, Lydia, the queen of tattoo. On her back is the well, to say um, that song paints a picture uh, would be an understatement. Um, it's such <laughs> it's such fun. I mentioned but the Marx Brothers earlier, and there you go. There you go, right. I suspect yeah. you wrote that song uh, to be performed live. Um, have you ever had uh, Lydia on stage with you? Uh, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> since I work with the Hubba Hubba Review, which is a burlesque review up here in San Francisco, um, I, I work with a lot of ladies in various modes of undress. And yes, we have done that song while a live tattooed lady is on stage uh, showing us her various works. Well, that, uh, that's exciting. <laughs> and, and yes. Of on stage, um, you, um, your stage act is really high energy, and you have lots of costumes, or lack of them, and it's very wild. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of yes, a... It is. It would be a throwback to the twenty to the twenties, or even to the turn of the last century. But you've got a really modern feel to it. Uh, now, how do you how do you do that? How do you create this twenty first century swing? It's uh, it's not it, well. The reason why the reason why we do what we do is to dispel the myth that jazz is boring. Jazz is not boring. It can be exciting and and dangerous. And uh, when you say when I when you say I, I put modern tropes into uh, uh, old songs, it's, it's not really. It's not that it's new and old. In the fact that the old never really is that old. Um, you we do modern tunes, but we do them in an old style way, as opposed to like what would say what would uh, if we took. If we took, say, you know, a modern day, if we took Green Day, it stuck it in 1934, what would they do with the uh, resources available to them at that time? It's that kind of, of philosophy. Well, you, you pull it off uh, very well, and, and part of the way you pull it off is, is with costume, because costume is a really important part of your act. And you know, oh, We always dress this. the part, yes. <laughs> well, not really, because... A lot of bands these days just show up with whatever they found on the floor of their bedroom that morning. Um, oh, I can't stand that. Well, which I think answers my next question. Would your music yeah. be the same if you just if you played in a jeans and t-shirt? Oh, sometimes sometimes people who are in the club post pictures of us doing sound check, and I, I that kind of makes me cringe a little bit because we're we're not wearing our our good clothes. We're just up there in regular clothes doing sound check. It's like don't I don't want to show that to people. I want to show I I don't want to be up in front of them. You know, no one wants to go and see a guy who's dressed just as as regular as they are. They, you want to see a show. So I always stress the boys. You know, make sure your tie's straight. Make sure you're dressed nice. Later, uh, lately we've been doing shows in matching suits. It's it's important. Uh, and the, we've got we've got the the music stands up there. It's a uniform look. They had that a lot in the 30s and 40s. Just, it's just a great old look. I'm trying to preserve that as much as possible. Well, I think I think you are. Um, we've got some uh, email questions here. Some of our listeners uh, want to know some things. Uh, uh, Ooh, mix good. it up. Yes. <laughs> mix it up. 42 and Selena says, "We need you here in the farmland. We'll trade lettuce for music." 
Salinas? Salinas. I'll I'll add that to the list. We'll go up there. We do a song called Picking Up the Cabbage. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Keep in mind that that lettuce is is one uh, one way of saying money. Yes, that's true. And so is cabbage. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Buster Black in Oakland uh, wants to know if he can bring uh, his kids to your shows. Oh, well, it, usually it all depends on the uh, the venue. Sometimes we play in bars. So if the kid's got a if the kid's got a fake ID, you could probably get him in. Uh, in terms of subject matter, we we don't we aren't that I I'd, I'd say we're suitable for the whole family if that's if that's the question you're asking. As a I, matter I of fact, have... I enjoy I enjoy seeing kids at shows. He he may have been referring to your mention of uh, the burlesque dancers. Oh, that. Well, yeah. That's... <laughs> okay, if you don't mind, if you don't mind some boobs every once in a while, we usually let people know if we're if we're co-headlining with a burlesque act. That's not part of our show. <laughs> okay. Well, of course, uh, uh, burlesque. Just so everybody knows, burlesque is not striptease. It's 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 different, and it generally has a lot more clothes on it. Uh, exactly. So, yes. Yeah. Well, not a lot more, just enough. <laughs> enough enough to be enough to to step it up into another area of of legality uh no that that would be with the the hubba hubba review which we frequently work with and if you want burlesque they're the best in town um but we work separately from them as well all right well uh, i noticed that that buster blank is in oakland and he's fairly close to a show that you are about to to uh put on in alameda you want to tell us about that sure yeah uh, Capone's Capone's Speakeasy in Alameda. We played there on New Year's Eve for the very first time, and the guy, uh, true to form, like what I said earlier, the guy said, "Now you're going, you guys are going to be exciting, right? You don't want to, you're not going to play any of that boring jazz, are you?" And I said, "No, none of that boring jazz." <laughs> <laughs> After the first set, he said, "Okay, you guys are fantastic. How late can you play?" You know, so they're they're having us back, and we will be there on the 21st of February. Uh, and I should also point out to, um, to to my listeners in Northern California and to Buster uh, Black in Oakland that if you do go to see the show in Capone's, Capone's, like many clubs now, has a dress code. So they That's want true, you to show, yeah. yeah. They want you to show up uh, dressed for the part, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a lot more fun. Uh, well, I want to play a little more music um, and. This is you were speaking about jazz, but this is kind of a modern swing tune, at least as far as as, as I'm concerned. It's, it's called Lithium, and it's the bonus track on your latest album, which is called Balls in Your Face. Yes. I'm so happy because today I found my friend. They're in my head I'm so ugly But that's okay Cause so are you We're broken our mirrors Sunday morning Is every day for all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles In a daze Cause I found Now that is anything but boring. Right? Yeah. Certainly not boring. All right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, in ad- in addition to the fact that it is great music, uh, it's got some interesting lines in it. Um, I love the line that says, um, "Light candles every day because I found God." And I, I found assume, God. I assume you were yes. talking to God in lithium. Oh uh, well, this is an old Nirvana song, actually. Uh, Kurt Cobain wrote that. He would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, all I had to do is, uh, yeah, so I took, that's a Nirvana song that we managed to make swing. And all I did was change the feel a little bit. I didn't change any of the notes. I didn't change any of the lyrics. All we did was just change up the feel and observe how well it works in a swing context. Well, the um, uh, the, the music in it, 
you start out with the beat being carried um, by a stand-up bass, and then there's a drum that takes over, and it's it's very very nicely done. And uh, did, did it take you a while to arrange that? Uh, once I once I um, I have to think about a new arrangement for a few weeks. I have to get it all worked out in my head, and then once I can get a really good picture in my head of what it's going to sound like, the rest is just scribbling. Okay. <laughs> Scribbling, huh? All right. Yeah, um, that's okay. I just write the dots. Got to draw the dots. Okay, you play this, you play that, you play that, and bam. Okay, try this. And then uh, most of the times it works. Sometimes it won't work. Sometimes when I hear it actually played in real life, it'll go, oh, back to the drawing board on that one. <laughs> well, that's, that's what rehearsals are for. Exactly. Uh, now, you were just at the steampunk convention on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Now, uh, how was that? Were there lots of costumes and dancing? Oh, that was a fun show. I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Her Royal Majesty's Steampunk Symposium that happens every January on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Uh, this is their fourth annual one. They've had us down every year, and it's all the steampunk kids from Southern California big convention with workshops and seminars and and bands at night of which we were one and uh it's just always a great time we enjoy it it's the highlight of our year well i i looked at some of the videos there and and uh your 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 fans were all decked out they had their uh, their costumes on and and you had your costumes on and you all looked like you were having just a great time so i recommend that <laughs> to uh to, to folks next year. And also something else, uh, if, when you come back into Los Angeles, you ought to check out a place called the Edison. I know we've talked about it. My listeners in L.A. know about it. It's in downtown L.A. It, it's kind of a, a two-story speakeasy hidden inside of a 1920s-era electrical generating plant and has a secret entrance on the alley. There's no sign anywhere. It sounds like it's definitely your kind of place. So if you do yeah. come to L.A., let us know, and we'll have you back on. Well, I lived uh, I lived in LA for a short time, uh, and they, I was I moved out just as the Edison was setting up. So I'm anxious to check it out. Okay, uh, well, uh, let let us know. We'll definitely have you back on the air. Now I've got another another one of your songs I, I want to play, and it's uh, all right. It, it, it's one that I'm sure a lot of people can identify with. It's called Hot for Teacher. Now you you really get going on that one, don't you? <laughs> no, I, I have a confession to make. We didn't write that song either. Okay, <laughs> right. but you perform it. Yes, yes, that's an old Van Halen tune, and then yeah, we I, 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 know. I, I thought that one that one swings too, so let's do it. Yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting question. Actually, we've got some emails here that that sort of address that, but you do covers and I like the fact that you do covers because it's a way to show that that uh you know swing and jazz is, is adaptable but but how do you decide which songs you want to cover Sometimes they just strike me I'm listening to it I mean there are some songs that we do because we should we're a swing band and we should do songs like sing 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 and uh, and we the cat show happy of the stand the stuff that Pennies from Heaven, the stuff that we as a swing band should be doing to be called a swing band. And then there are other songs that just 
strike me that if it, you know, if we tweaked it just a little bit, it would work. That's that's the idea that's gotten me into so much trouble over the years. <laughs> uh, well, since you said that, I, I'd like to, to go back and play uh, a little bit of uh, lithium again, and then maybe you can okay. tell us how you went about uh, tweaking it. So let's listen. Let's listen to say another thirty seconds or so of lithium, and then talk about what you did with it. Sure. Sure. Cause today I found my friend They're in my head I'm so ugly But that's okay Cause so are you We're broken our mirrors Sunday morning Is every day for all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles In a daze Cause I found God Okay, now when you sat down to repurpose that song, um, right. how did you do it? How did you do it? Uh, took it from straight four into swing time. First of all, made it, and that made it a little, a little happier. And then when we got to the chorus, I thought, well, I can't possibly emulate Kurt Cobain's amazing tortured singing style. So rather than do that, I thought I'd just give it to the horns. And then when you give it to the horns, it makes it even a little lighter still, and suddenly it's this lovely, happy song. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is what lithium is supposed to do, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay. Uh, was it, uh, does, does your band work with you on that, or you, does it all just kind of come out of your head and then you tell the band? Uh, because, because we've been working together for so long, I am aware of what they're capable of and what they can do. So when I'm writing the arrangements, I'm thinking, okay, I'll put this here for the tenor sax, and, and I know Randy can handle this, so here we go. So, yeah, I wouldn't give them parts that I didn't think they could play, and I know they can shine. Uh, we've got some more emails here. We're getting tight on time, but here's, here's a very interesting one. Um, this is from Good. Cordon. Let's go. Uh, yes. In Los Angeles, and Cordon says, I looked at uh, all of your videos, and I don't see any women in your band. Are there any women in your band? Ah, ah. Uh, Leslie Presley, the light of my life, my the, the best wife I ever had. She was our female vocalist from 1995, and then she, then she was my wife and female vocalist up until 19... And then 2005, six, and then finally in 2010, she moved to New York, and we never saw her again. But she was oh. our female vocalist, Leslie Presley. And I said hello oh. to her wherever she is. Hello, okay. Leslie Presley. We All right, you. Well, we're... <laughs> we are. Uh, we we now are out of time. Uh, All Marie, right, I want to. I want to say thank you very much for, for being with us. Uh, this has been lots of fun. And if you get into L.A., let me know. I'd like to come see your show and review it, too. Oh, we just got back from there, but we'll be going back down very soon, I'm guessing. Okay. Well, this is Lee Presson. The band is Lee Presson and The Nails. Check them out at LeePresson.com. And you can also see the videos. And don't count the number of men in the videos. And you can check out news on his Facebook page. And you can get any and all of his albums on his website or at Amazon or at iTunes. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyber Station USA, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page or follow our Twitter feed, you'll get a real-time update on our guests. You can also get, send us suggestions on who you'd like to have on the air, and we'll uh, take a look at them, too. And you can check out our website for that. That's musicfriday.nationbuilder.com. And uh, we'll see what you have to say. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlepin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. And you can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com and our podcasts are on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. Be here next Friday. Two hard rock women will be on the show. Militia Vox 
and Eleanor Goldfield of Rooftop Revolutionaries. This show is going to rock. Check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on the guests. Good night, everybody. Uh, have a great musical weekend. We're going to leave you with uh, Hot for Teacher by Lee Presson and the Nails, and we'll see you all next week. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details